Uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you that we've come expectant. Uh, Lord, that you've urged each each one to be here tonight to come. <clears throat> Not only expectant, but also open to hear your word. And I pray, Lord, you just use me as a facilitator to facilitate, to fill me with your word and your words and let me express them as you would have me express them. Let our hearts be uh, receiving, our eyes be open. Most of all, Lord, just cognizant of your presence. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I was telling somebody earlier uh, that uh, um, the way the Lord works with me is he, he kind of gives me these little snippets about 3, 3.30 in the morning. So I get to wake up and I rush over and I write down something, you know, and then I try and make heads or tails of it the next day. <laughs> but but it's, 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 it's interesting how God, you know, does that, how the Lord does that. And he, and he just gives me a little piece, you know, throughout the course of the week. Even I think even more appropriate is how God brings those little snippets to, to life in our lives. You know, He whispers a little something in your ear, and then and then you begin to experience it. You know, uh, and you think it's almost like a deja vu, but it, you know, none of that nonsense. This is God speaking to your heart. You know, and so anyway, so tonight's message is. Um, um, we are God's temple. How many know that we are? Amen. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've really given this a lot of thought. Uh, um, well, I've given myself to the thought, I believe, that God's given me. How about that? Um, so let me let me just ask you something. I want to start with something kind of maybe might seem a little silly, but how many of you uh, know that there's oxygen in this room? Amen. Yeah. How many can see the oxygen in this room? I'll talk to you later if you can. <laughs> and we'll have that conversation another time. But um, let me just suggest to you that if you were to close your mouth and hold your nose, you'd experience very quickly that it is in the room it needs to be in you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how God is. You know, first we come to acknowledge God's presence. Oftentimes, uh, you know, if, if it's really early in life, we don't find ourselves in a desperate spot. Uh, you know, it's not out of desperation uh, or, or maybe the, uh, the expression of need within ourselves. But, but we do come to that place where we begin to acknowledge that there is someone out there far more powerful than we are. And so our acknowledgement then leads us into a place of beginning to believe. And once we begin to believe, now we're in the receiving end. And as we receive, the Holy Spirit of God within us, then now we can begin to step out into the experience of a born-again life. I can't tell you how queer God made that to me throughout the last week. I began to see it in everything. How many know love exists? Have you ever fallen, you know I told you, have you ever fallen into love? <coughs> Most, at least once. 
Where did it begin? Where did acknowledging, was it hmm, very attractive? He said, he is very, she said. And you begin to give your attention, turn your attention toward those feelings that begin to rise in you. So you acknowledge the presence, then you begin to believe, you know, it might be possible. They might be attracted to me too. And then, and so then you believe on that, and you begin to engage and receive. <laughs> that, that, that sometimes happens. But then you get to step into the experience of it. You see how that all works? First we acknowledge, then we believe, then we receive, then we begin the experience. And that's what a born-again experience is really all about. God draws us by his Holy Spirit. And we begin to say, yeah, okay, I think, I believe you're out there. And then as we, the more we believe that, the more we begin to receive it. And then we begin to step into and experience the experience itself. Wow, what a gift. When you think about the word says that the gift of faith first came from God. God is the one that placed the gift of faith in us, in our hearts, so that we even had the desire. We even had the belief. We even had the opportunity to receive. I think I started this coming. So we are the temple of the living God. You know, we just pass over that. We kind of forget about it. The very presence of God lives in us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, is inside of each of you. Like before, if you've ever studied about the tabernacle and the temple, you know, the, the tabernacle was a broken down thing, you know, like someone else to get over. Anyway, it, so fall apart, what on kind of, anyway. So they had this thing called the tabernacle, and, and inside the tabernacle, uh, before you could go in, they had all these different things you had to do to get in there. Um, there, there were sacrifices that had to happen. There was a there was a, a bowl that you had to wash and a laver and all these implements in there. But inside, in the very holiest of all places, was the Ark of the Covenant. And inside this covenant, inside this Ark, were all the things that were held most precious. All the golden emblems, all the jewels, all the the things that was encrusted with the things that, you know, the, the commandments of God, Aaron's rod, all these things were in there. Ultimately, they transferred all those to the temple. And the temple was phenomenal. It was just, I mean, if you read in God's Word, the description of how they built it and how they built it and what they built it with and all the years that it took to build it. And you think about all of that. God placed all that in your heart, in my heart. Man, if that doesn't make you want to just, it makes me want to cry, makes me want to shout, makes me want to just be, become so aware that God loves me so much that he 
did what he did in order to place a portion of himself in me. See what I mean when I say we kind of forget this? We kind of do. <coughs> so, like the tabernacle, the temple, our body now, our body, if you will, is the outer court. The inner courts are soul and mind. And then finally, our heart, our heart is like the holy of holies. And we're called, we're commissioned. Once the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us, we're now meant to be the outposts of the living God, meant to be filled with the very presence of God, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God, the most incredible shining that displaces all darkness, all darkness. Isaiah says the glory of God fills the temple, fills all of nature, fills the world. Waterfalls, gardens, oceans, etc. It's not new age. I just want you to know. God created all of this. He created all of this that you and I might be reminded of his presence when we look at a phenomenal waterfall. We're meant to be reminded that our God in heaven created that. And he created it that we might, as we observe it, that we might begin to recognize that he is the creator, that he did create this beauty, that he brought this about because he loves us as his children. Wasn't, wasn't it awesome when you give your kids a great gift at Christmas time and watch the gleam in their eyes and the joy in their hearts? And, oh, that's just not even itsy bitsy teeny tiny as compared to how God and his desire to express his love to you and me even comes close. And yet, you know he does because he loves you. He wants nothing more than to reach out and grasp and lay his arms around you, pull him to his bosom and say, Oh, I love you. I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. What's more tender than a child crawling up in your arms, mama? Daddy, and looking up in your eyes and say, I love you. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. He calls us to that. Amen. Praise God. Me and technology. In every place that my temple has been desecrated, I believe you and I receive you generative truth, your provision, your restoration, your love, your presence. I can just go on and on and on with adjectives, and God does go on and on and on with his adjectives. And 1 Corinthians 3.17 says that Christians are now the temple. In 6.19 it says that our body is the temple. A lot of these are reminders because like I started out to say, Ephesians 2.21 says, we are now are together with Christ Jesus and have become his temple. In our soul and in our body and in our heart now flow the river of life. 
Jesus stood and shouted, If anyone is thirsty, let them come. If anyone believes, anyone receives the river of life, it's meant to flow through you, through the temple, rivers of living water flowing from your heart. Do you think, do you remember to wake up every day and hear the Spirit of God reminding you of this? That's how we need to wake up every morning. John, which we just recently covered, sees in Revelation the flowing, the river flowing down the main street, flowing from the temple, flowing where the water flows, and everything that it touches lives. We, like trees, are planted by that water. John also says that anyone who believes and receives Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, the river will flow from their heart, replenishing and restoring and renewing, and new life will flourish. How many would say they need replenished today in the world we live in? How many would say that we need restoring? Amen. How many know that we need renewing life? Amen. And here's the thing. We are God's outposts. We're meant to share those truths with others. Let me say when Christ in me meets and greets Christ in you. That's the kind of greeting we need to have, especially for those in the world that don't know him, that haven't entered into a born-again experience. So we're now the outpost of the very presence of God. Having had a new birth experience, that new life is the antidote for all that death, that's the enemy, has released into this world for the destruction and the suffering, for the damaged places in our hearts, in their hearts, God's presence, restoring all that has been habitually come to harm in places in our hearts, for all the places of disappointment, restoring, replenishing, and renewing. Amen? These are the things we tend to Oh, it's not positive thinking. It's not self-discipline. That's not what I'm talking about here because I'm not talking. I'm praying it's God talking to you through me. That's my prayer. It's been my prayer all day, all week for the last month. That's my prayer. And that's God's prayer for each of us that he would be able to speak not only to us but through us all those that we encounter. Amen? We are born selfish. Just ask a two-year-old. <laughs> but when we go to God, when we go personally, and we expose our deepest interior wounds, maybe when you were a kid, if you came to Christ, then you didn't. But I would be willing, well, I don't bet but I would be willing to suggest strongly that, oh, I'll just tell you, this was me. Amen? This was me. I know I was born selfish, but when I came to God personally, and I realized he had come to me personally on the cross, 
And I, my, I was exposed, my deepest interior wounds, feeling exposed, sharing those wounds and scars. I came to the Lord and I received him personally and I trusted him and I placed my faith in him and I believed in him and I was born again. Praise God. I so pray that's an experience you've had that you've stepped into. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus came to me and all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and he said, I will give you rest. And he did, and he does, and he continue to do so. Let anyone who's thirsty, this is, this is Old Testament. You might say it was Old Covenant. But Jesus fulfilled all that there was. All that there was. And he is more than sufficient. Amen. Isaiah said, let anyone who's thirsty come. If anyone's thirsty, come and drink. Even if you have no money, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free because of Jesus' sacrifice. Free. Hmm. I hardly say it. When you spend your money on food that does not give you strength, why pay for food that doesn't does you no good? Or good not can't even read it. Good listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen for the life of your soul, which is at stake. I'm ready to make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the mercies and unfailing love that I promised. Like I said, that was old covenant, old, old testament, but it was fulfilled in our Lord and our Savior who sacrificed himself on the cross, that would be true for you and I. Amen. God sends his love to us when we meet Jesus personally, guided by his Holy Spirit, and we are healed by the Lord. Jeremiah says in 29, 13, call on me and search for me with all your heart, and you will find me, and I will give you. Wow, I don't think there's a greater promise. That's the end. Where are my other two slides? Okay. I have two more slides. Okay. Try to pull up the one. I have two last slides. As I close. <coughs> and technology. <laughs> My prayer is that you'll just be reminded tonight that the presence of God lives in you and has come to not only fill you, but permeate you, to envelop you in such a way that you can awaken to his presence in a new and fresh way each and every day and begin to not only acknowledge God's presence but believe God's presence mm -hmm. as you receive God's presence and then step out into the experience of God's presence 
And when you do, that you will share that with all those that you come in contact with. And all those that will come in contact with you. So we are born selfish. But when we're born again, we're born into a spirit of generosity. As we begin to know God, and that His Spirit lives in us, as we begin to walk with Him, as we begin to read His Word, and His Word begins to read us, as we talk to God, you can do that, you know, through prayers. Oh, and He won't respond. If you listen closely, He will respond. Thinking and learning about Him, understanding the truth about Him, as His Holy Spirit applies His truth to you and to me, intimately and personally, as only His Holy Spirit can. Amen? It's, it's not something I can give away, this intimate, personal relationship. I can't give it away. In the Word, we're, we're told that if if I'm asked to walk a mile, I'm to walk two. I mean, all of Christianity is about giving, giving that which has already been given. Amen? An intimate personal relationship is not something that I can give you, but I can direct you through God's Word to it. To come to the... Did you see that slide? I thought that was so... That slide when they were singing, there was a great rock, like a precipice. There was a high spot back there, and there was somebody standing on it. And I thought, Lord, that's not me. I'm out there on the edge. I'm standing right there on the edge. I feel like I'm always there, ready to dive off into more of God, to a greater experience, into more of His presence. That's my prayer for you tonight. That you find yourself, wherever you are tonight, standing on the precipice, speaking to the Lord in prayer, and waiting for his answer to say, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're needy, come. If you have an ailment, come. If you, if, whatever. God is desires you to come. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the way that you've moved upon our hearts, the way that you've moved on my heart throughout the course of the week. Lord God, to bring this, Father, I pray that it has reached the innermost holy of holies, the heart of each being here. Lord, we'd all be reminded of your presence and the glory of who you are and all that you are. The fact that that glory is what what you used to raise your son. And Lord, that same glory raised us out of ourselves and placed you within us and created that holy of holies. Thank you for it. Thank you for you. Thank you for all that you've done, all you're doing, 
that you intend to do both in and through our lives. And we do thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.